We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. He is worthy of it all, isn't He? He's worthy of it all. Anything we could offer Him. Sometimes I feel like I just don't have what I need to offer Him. But you know what? He's worthy of anything that I can offer Him at that time. And so I press on. He's worthy of it all. Worthy of it all. Bless His name today. Bless His name today. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship this morning. Just as Judah plowed the ground, worship plows the ground for word. So that's why we worship, to give Him honor and glory, but it plows the ground of our hearts so that we can receive God's word today. Good to see everybody. I guess Pastor Don's going through menopause. Because I'm hot. I guess I'll grow out of it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna do that before this gets, gets going very far. Acts chapter 19. The book of Acts, chapter 19. Let's talk about this supernatural world. The supernatural world. Oh, we're tied up in the natural world, aren't we? But you know, the natural world is all fake. The natural world is all fake. The natural world in itself is doomed to at one point not to exist. But the supernatural world, that's the real world. That's the real world. Okay, I see somebody fanning. Thank you. I just needed somebody else so I didn't look like it was just me. <laughs> oh, but you know what? She's not fanning herself. She's fanning her daughter. So I guess it is me. Acts chapter 19. A little bit of a lengthy reading, if you'll allow me, but it sets the stage. It's, it, it tells the story. So verse 1 says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto the, well, Then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. Verse 8 says, And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for the space of three months. Y'all think I preach long? Disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that which before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued for the space of two years. You really thought I preached long. So that all that were dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greek. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. 
Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, and a chief of the priests, which did so. The evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirits was leaped on them and overcame them. This is one against seven. This is one against seven. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which, also, also which used curious arts brought their books together, burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. My, what a story. All because Paul took a trip. All because Paul took a trip. He took a trip into the supernatural. He took a trip into the supernatural. Let me ask you a question today. What, what did you get when you were born into the supernatural kingdom of God? Because you're born into this kingdom. What did you get? Once you arrived into the kingdom, did your natural world change to supernatural? Because that's what you should have received. When you're in the natural world and you're born again into the kingdom of God, your world now becomes supernatural. So Paul comes to Ephesus and finds some disciples of John the Baptist. They had repented and they were trying to live a good life. When Paul meets them, he, recognizing that he recognizes something's missing here. You know, repentance is good. Don't, don't get me wrong what I'm about to say here. But, but what did you get when you believed? See, to a lot of people, believing is receiving. To a lot of people, believing is being born again. But he asked the question, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? See, a lot of people have belief in their heart, but they can't go past and get into the supernatural because belief is the thing that takes you into the supernatural. The problem is you've got to step into the door, and a lot of people won't step into that door. Let me say this before going any further. The household of faith is not the household of wishful thinking. The household of faith is not the household of wishful thinking. Many in church today have confused wishful thinking with faith. And they're not the same thing at all. We are not the house of wishful thinking. We're the house of faith. Not only do we believe, we've entered into the supernatural. And that's what faith is all about. Believing and then walking, stepping, making an effort, and moving into the supernatural. There's a presence of a living Jesus that comes into your life when you're born again. Understand this. When you're born again, a living Jesus moves into your life, into your spirit, into your body. He resides in you in the power of the Holy Ghost. So in this, Paul rebaptizes them in the name of the Lord Jesus. When they decided, you know what? Uh, uh, John the Baptist, he... We, and it doesn't say whether they had encountered John the Baptist in Jerusalem somewhere. It doesn't really tell us that there were disciples of John the Baptist that found them. All we know is all they knew was the baptism of John the Baptist, to repent and to believe on the one that was coming, Jesus Christ. And all they had done thus far 
has had the baptism of repentance. So they were rebaptized in the name of the Lord Jesus so that their sins would be remitted. And as Paul laid his hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. This supernatural event in their lives became, this was a natural event to Paul. Well, the supernatural event that took place at Ephesus to Paul was, was supernatural. or It was actually his natural living. It's what he did all the time. It's how he lived. It's what he believed. It's how he walked in faith. And this supernatural thing, it just became natural to him. Everywhere Paul traveled, Paul just expected the supernatural to happen. Everywhere he went, he just had this expectation. You know why he went to Ephesus? He went there to claim Ephesus for Jesus. He had the supernatural experience. Now Ephesus was going to get it. That's how, yeah, do you think that way? I've had this supernatural experience. Now my neighbor's going to get it. Now my brother or my sister's going to get it. Now my mom or dad's going to get it. Now the people that I know and work with are going to get it. Do we experience God that way? Because that's how we're supposed to walk in the supernatural. He would not allow people to be satisfied with less. He could have said, great, guys, high five, John the Baptist, he was cool. You know, he was forerunner of Jesus Christ. You guys move forward. He, didn't, he wouldn't allow them to accept anything less than the supernatural. And that's my question this morning. Is Pastor Don allowing anything less than the supernatural in his life? Is our local assembly, are we allowing anything less than supernatural in our life? Let me ask you a question. If the Apostle Paul were to walk in here today and view our lives for Jesus Christ, would he ask this question of us? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Would he see something different than what we're supposed to have? He saw something different in the disciples of John the Baptist. Would he walk into Tabernacle of Praise and ask the question, have you guys received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Are you living in the supernatural? Or would he say, you know what? Ha, I'm home. I feel right at home. I'm in the supernatural. Would he recognize it in us? So Paul was, again, in Ephesus to claim that city for Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Why are you here? Why are you here? Ephesus was a great city in that time. It was the treasure city of Asia Minor. Everybody wanted to go to Ephesus. The great temple of Artemis stood in the center of the city. If the Ephesians... That city was captured and caught up in supernatural before Paul even got there. They were caught up in supernatural. What is supernatural? It's that which is beyond the natural. And that was already going on. The problem was that supernatural and Paul's supernatural weren't the same supernatural. Just because you're in supernatural doesn't mean you're in God's supernatural. There, there's, there, there is a premise to it. Ephesus was caught up in superstition. They were caught up in sorcery, idol worship. It was all running rampant. The, the city knew the power of evil works of art. They had all kinds of demonstrations of evil. It was an evil place, but Paul said, you know what? doesn't matter. My supernatural is better than your supernatural. My supernatural is greater than your supernatural. Matter of fact, if I can get through here and you'll let me talk to you a little bit, my supernatural is going to get rid of yours. My supernatural is you're going to encounter something you've never encountered. Paul was confronted by many evil powers. Didn't bother Paul. Does it bother you when you're confronted by evil powers? Is that 
you know, I've known, hey, would you go with me and pray for so-and-so? Why? Why? You, you can't, you know, well, you know, they might have a devil. I'm not sure. Listen, don't, you don't need to be afraid of a devil. You've got the Holy Ghost. You don't, I'll go with you, but you don't need me. You don't need me. You've got a supernatural in you that when that devil, we read the story, when that devil realizes who's in you, he's already ready to run. He's just trying to figure out how to get out the door. Don't, don't think you've got to have somebody to go with you to be in the supernatural. You know, that's where the misuse of where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. It's so taken out of context because that context was about forgiveness and redemption. It wasn't about us agreeing together, going somewhere and casting out devils or healing sick. That scripture had nothing to do with that. But understand this today. It just, if you're the one, it just takes one that has the power, the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost in them to see things happen. Paul knew that. He knew if he did, I'm just going to show up. Sometimes, you know what? Just show up. Just show up. Don't worry. When you show up, the devils are going to know you're there. The devils are going to know you're there. Paul just lived in this supernatural. Was Paul a natural man? Yeah. He was the first to tell you, my natural man is messed up. I went from being amongst them to being the chiefest of them, speaking of sinners. He said, man, the things that I know to do right, I just don't do them. And the things that I know are wrong, that's the things that I find myself doing all the time. But you know what? He also understood something. I'm living in a supernatural God. He lives within me. There's a supernatural in me that can go beyond these problems. He didn't get stuck on the problems that he had. Many of us can't live successful for God because we're stuck on our problem. Well, I've got this. You know, I really want to go pray for the sick, but, you know, I've got a drinking problem. Well, go pray for them and then go have a drink, whatever it takes. Well, I knew that wasn't going to fly. Understand something. I'm not advocating that. Put first things first. Understand, I've had problems too. You have problems. We all have problems. Paul had them. Peter had them. Philip had them. They all, John had They all had problems. That didn't stop the supernatural. Your problem is not going to stop a supernatural happening. No matter what kind of problems you think you have, when God's involved, God's involved. God doesn't step back and leave you by yourself. He's involved with you. Paul came to Ephesus full of the Holy Ghost. When you look back at what Paul had been transpiring through in different places, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost. He came to preach the power of the Holy Ghost. Verse 11 says God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. And we think, well, Paul was special. That's not what that's saying. There were some special miracles that needed to happen. And if, you know what? There's some special things that need to happen in Kennedale that don't need to happen in Alvord. By the way, if you don't know, that's my hometown, Alvord. Population 1,005. There's things that need to happen in Arlington that don't need to happen in Fort Worth. There are special miracles that need to happen in Grand Prairie that no need to ha- don't need to happen in South Lake. You understand what they say? Paul, God just wrought the special miracles here because of where Paul was at, this city that was already in the supernatural. Look at verse 12. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them. Did he have something like super sweat? Was that? Is that why... That, and the evils, listen, 
The evil spirits went out of them because they take a cloth and they prayed over it and they put evil on, and evil spirits went out of people. If you're afraid to cast them out, go put a cloth on them. Cover them up. Whatever you got to do. Listen, God's got miracles for us in Kennedale. He wants to, there, there's things He wants to do here and in this local area that He wants us to be a part of. But we have to be a part of the supernatural. We have to get out of this natural thing that we're living in. We all work, right? We all have a home. We all cut the yard. We all clean the dishes. We all do all this stuff. We do our kids, all that stuff. That's all natural stuff. But understand, that is very temporal. The supernatural goes on and on and on and on and on. You're in the supernatural every day of your life. It doesn't depend on what side, whatever side of God you're on. If you're on the good side of God, you're in the supernatural. But let me tell you something. If you're on the opposite side of God, you're still in the supernatural. There's things outside the natural that are affecting your life, that are affecting your family's life, that are dealing with the people you work with. You're in the supernatural. Why don't we just go ahead and walk in it? Since we're already in it, why don't we go ahead and operate in it? Why don't we go ahead and do the things that God said we would do? Man, look what happened there. Preaching came and preaching the power of the Holy Ghost, and many began to operate. I don't think there are groups that think there's special clothing for special things. I don't think that's the deal here. I don't think he had, there were special aprons or special cloths that I don't think he had special sweat. I don't think he was, it was just special things God had wanted to do for Ephesus. You know, a lot of times we look at people in the Bible and we say they had a special anointing. In other words, God favored them more than God favors me. You ever thought that way about, well, Paul was up here and I'm down here? You ever felt that way? Well, you know, uh, John, the beloved, he was up here and I'm down here. There's a danger in comparing yourselves among yourselves because you're losing out. You know what God wants you to do? What Paul did, maybe in another manner, in another place, in another time, but he wants the same thing out of you and I that he wanted out of Paul, and that's his name to be preached, the gospel to be preached, people to be changed, lives to be changed. That's what God wants. Paul's miracles were accomplished in the name of Jesus. His miracles were accomplished in the name of Jesus. He didn't operate under his natural ability. He operated in his supernatural ability. That's called the Holy Ghost. I want to ask you to raise your hand, but do you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning? That's your supernatural operation. That's your supernatural operation. When Paul came to a city, he didn't expect anything less than for God to move supernaturally. Man, think, man what would happen can you imagine what next week would be like if we walked out this week and operated in the supernatural? What would, it, what would service be like next week? If we actually left here today and for a solid week we actually operated in the supernatural, what do you think would be going on here next week? You better get here early. You better get here early. You better bring a lunch. You better, oh, what? You're going to go, oh, yeah. Hey, you've never been to the services that went to 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Some of us remember those services. God forbid that that would ever happen in today's church. People would get up and leave. They'd think the preacher's long-winded. Listen, God, the supernatural has no time. It, ha it has no, nothing to govern other than God himself. Let me ask you a question. Are you like Paul today? Did you come today expecting something supernatural or just the regular natural Sunday. 
Many times we show up week after week, and it's a natural Sunday. I can tell you, listen, here's what we did in my church when I was 16 years old. We came to church, and everybody kind of shook hands, and kind of like we do, and uh, kind of greeted everybody. And then we all sit down in our pews, our chair, kind of like we do. And so we sang three songs, kind of like we do. Oh, okay, I better. I knew exactly what time I was getting at. Now, I don't know that today because apostolics are a little different. I knew at 12 o'clock I was out of there. Our pastor was a Dallas Cowboy fan, and he was out at noon. He didn't care what was going on. He shut it down, went home. The, the parsonage was like 200 feet from the church. He went home. I knew exactly. That's called the natural. Do we, are we still operating in the natural? Would it really hurt y'all if we showed up next week and instead of starting off with maybe Pastor Don started off preaching? Oh, but we need, we need worship to plow the way into preaching. Well, what if, if supernatural happened this week? You know what would happen if we operated in the supernatural this week? There would be so much worship that happened that when we got here next week, we wouldn't really need to do what we do. See, a lot of us, we need worship because it plows the way for us to receive word. It's the only way we're going to get it. And, and I'll be quite frank with you, there's so, some of us come to church, and what happens is by the time we've plowed and we're ready to receive word, it's altar call time because we've not prepared ourselves. You don't, don't think Paul didn't pray before he got to Ephesus. Don't think he didn't fast before he got to Ephesus. Don't think that on the road when he met this guy, he, where are you going? I'm going to Ephesus. Where are you going? Why don't you come go with me? Hey, well, by the way, have you ever heard of Jesus? Don't think that didn't go on in Paul's life. He didn't go town to town with revivals. He went from person to person with revivals. Man, what if that happened here? We, you know what? Worship would be at the end of service because by the time the Word happened and all these people got healed and received the Spirit and were baptized, at the end we'd be worshiping God for what just happened. Woo. How would you like to be the pastor and get this message? I, I know how you're feeling. When God tells you as a pastor, you need to start operating in the supernatural, you better start operating in the supernatural. Quit walking in this natural life. Are you expecting supernatural? Are you expecting God to move supernaturally? Some of us, I know for a fact, I've seen it. God moved supernaturally in your life in the last three months. Seen it happen in your life. So when we come to church, are we just expecting that to happen now? We should be. How about in your, life? How about in your kid's life? Let's put yourself out of the way. Man, wouldn't you love it to see God move supernaturally in your child's life? Wow. How many adults in Scripture did Jesus ever set on his lap? How many children in Scripture did Jesus Christ? Listen, he loves those little children. Don't, don't mistreat those little children. Ooh, Jesus said if you mistreat those little children, and this has different variations, but understand this. You don't want to mistreat a child because it's better that you tied this three-ton rock around your neck and cast it into the sea. The rock would go into the sea. Your head would go into the sea. The rope that's around your neck would go in. You'd be better off doing all that. Don't mistreat those children. Supernatural. Do you expect a supernatural in our church? Do we come expecting every week to see something supernatural beyond the natural beyond the natural 
something that goes beyond the natural. How about in the Metroplex? Are we expecting a supernatural move of God in this Metroplex? I wonder what church would be like if the Holy Ghost began to move in the city of Kennedale. Because people are going to want to go where they have this experience. Listen, here's one of the problems in Christianity is basically people have taken their experience and they've tried to make Scripture marry their experience so that they feel like they've had their experience with God. But that's backwards. The Scripture gives us the experience. We don't have an experience and then find the Scripture for it. You know, there are those that say, you know, I know I'm born again. How would you know you are born again? Well, I, had, I was sick and, I, you know, I was at the hospital and I woke up and these people prayed for me and I felt really good. Man, I was born again. I've heard that. That's fine and good and that's great, but that's matching your experience and then trying to find Scripture to make it work. The experience is there's a born-again experience. And when you have that experience, you feel great behind that one. But we got to understand something. It's a supernatural are you expecting that? The people of Ephesus really knew the reality of the supernatural. They were living in it. They were living in it. Don't think, make no mistake, that there's not people in your neighborhood, in your town, that aren't living in the, they're living in the supernatural. This world lives more in the supernatural than it ever has. There's more demonic activity that's just out there. There's more, hey, listen. You can go online and you can find your astrologer. You can find your soothsayer. You can find those that will cast spells for you. You can go down to New Orleans. They'll do some voodoo for you. You ever been to New Orleans? where? Yeah, they're on the street there. They'll do some voodoo for you. Don't think that people aren't already operating in the supernatural. They are. It's just the wrong side. And what we've got to do is show them the right side of the supernatural. Those people lived in the midst of evil forces in Ephesus. They had sorcerers all around them, seers and soothsayers and seekers of evil. All of these, their lives were influenced daily, every single day. You know, that's the beauty of television. That's the beauty of airwaves. It affects us every single day. It doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be negative. It could be positive. Man, what if truth got on television? Well, it is. What if truth got on television? Well, I've seen it. What if truth got on television? I've heard it. What if truth got on television? Some of you are getting it and some of you aren't. What would happen if you were watching a, and there was a church and they were having, and man, people started receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I've seen that before. What would happen if you saw people actually receiving the baptism? I'm not talking about, let me, Man, this, I'm going to get pretty rough here, Bishop. You know, you know, I'll say it to Bishop because he's my, you know, kind of tries to pull me back. It doesn't work too well, but. Everybody say la. No, don't, 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 don't do that. Everybody say da and everybody say ha. Okay. Now, everybody say la, da, ha. Okay. Now, say it really fast. That's receiving the Holy Ghost in most of those churches today. Friend, as the Spirit gives the utterance, you speak in another language. And it's a language. It's not a, well, there, here's the other one. Well, you know, when you're a baby, you speak in a baby language, right? When you're a baby, you have this baby language. And so when you're a newborn Christian, you speak in this baby language. That sounds good, don't it? 
because that's me taking my experience and trying to find Scripture for it. Here's the problem. You won't find it. They didn't, the day of Pentecost, they all spoke languages that were well understood by people, Jews from all over the world. They were well understood because they understood that they were worshiping God and singing them uh, and speaking the praises of God. They totally understood it. Understand this. There's nobody, if somebody's got to tell you that you received the Holy Ghost and this is what you say, listen, come see me today at the end of this service. Something supernatural is going to happen to you because I'm not going to tell you what to say. When Paul laid his hands on them, man, you know, Paul, he didn't say anything. He just laid his hands on them. And they, how did they know they received the Holy Ghost? How did he know that? Because he laid his hands on them? That's not how. What, well, let's see. Let me see if I can find it. They spake with tongues and prophesied. He knew exactly. Because it happened to him not too many years. All right, let me move on. Paul knew he was at war with evil forces, spiritual powers. Those powers, he knew it was supernatural. In his writings, now he's at the city of Ephesus, right? There is a book in the Bible called Ephesians. Do you know who that letter is to? The church at Ephesus. There we go. Let's connect this thing together. And he says in chapter 6 of the letter he wrote back to the city of Ephesus, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against power. You see, he had been in that city. He knew what the fight was. He knew what the war was. He knew the supernatural thing that was going on. He said, listen, we didn't come in there swinging fists. I knew when I got there, I knew what I was dealing with. This was not a flesh and blood thing. It was principalities, and it was powers, and it was the rulers of darkness and, and those places, spiritual wickedness in high places. But I came anointed. You need to read the book of Ephesians. But I came anointed. I didn't have to worry about all that because I had something in me that was greater than all of that. It was the supernatural. There are men. Let me do a little comic book for you. There is men, and then there's, it's a comic book. Guy has a red flag, a blue suit. It's against Superman. There's men, so why was Superman Superman? Because his abilities were above the natural. Okay, let's see. There, there's men, and then this guy, he's got pointed ears, he's got a mask. He drives this car. He also has a, you know, and he has a guy named Robin with him. Batman. Why was he Batman? He, his powers and abilities were above the natural. So you understand that even in our comics, even in our, we write about the natural and then what's supernatural. And you know what people gravitate to? The supernatural. Do you know why supernatural movies are watched so much? You know why? Is that Twilight Zone feeling? You like that? Ooh, I can experience this, but uh, you know what? I'm not actually there because it's just a movie. Or I can feel this feeling, and man, it's gut-wrenching, but it's just a movie. And I can see the spirit move on this person, but it's just a movie. There's no experience. We're drawn to that as a nation because it's not an experience. It's just a movie. It's natural for you and I to be drawn into the supernatural. You know why? Because that's where we live. Most people in America have no idea they're living in the supernatural. They have no idea. 
They're living their natural lives, walking their natural lives, doing their natural things, and not understanding they're living in the supernatural. Either a Christian is living in the supernatural of God, or a non-Christian is living in the supernatural of principalities and powers, dark places, those things. You're not, there's no supernatural fence. There's no new supernatural. You don't sit on the fence and say, one day I'm going to live for God, and the next day I'm going to live for devil. You know, that when you're on that supernatural fence, there is no living for God. Jesus said that. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. He said, you're not riding the fence. You're, you're either for me or against me. You, 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 you're either hot or cold. As a matter of fact, if you try to get on the fence and be lukewarm, he said, I'm just going to spew you out of my mouth. Because we live in a supernatural world. That's who you are. You're, look around at each other. Well, we got some really beautiful people here, some really nice people here, good-looking people. That's not who you are. Make no mistake, you're going to be like Pastor Don and get old one day, and you're going to start looking ragged like me and old like me, and you're going to start walking old like me and feeling old like me because that's not who I am. Who I am is the supernatural that's inside of me. That supernatural is going to live forever. This old body's going to go. I'm going to get a new one, thank God. And it's not going to be, God's not going to take this body and take it to the body shop and fix it up and make it, try to make it nice. And then, oh, here you go. Here's your eternal one. Oh, no, I get a brand new one. I get a brand new one. Thank God for that because our supernatural is what we're about. Paul was simply anointed. Anointed is not something that's special to just Paul, Timothy, Stephen. The anointing is what? What is the anointing? When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that is the anointing of God. In the Old Testament, when a king, a new priest, when, when they were going to be put into place and position, not necessarily that day. David was anointed years before he became king. But what did the man of God do? He took a horn of oil and he poured that oil over him, anointing him, signifying that this is the king, this is the man of God. And the Bible tells us that that horn of oil is representative of the Holy Ghost in the New Testament. When God pours that on there, you're anointed. What you're going to do 10 years from now, you're going to do 10 years from now. But you're anointed now. God's ready for you to do something now. David didn't go sit and put his feet up on the couch and go, Well, Dad, thanks, Dad. You know what? I'm going to be king one day. I'm not doing anything else till I'm king. That's how a lot of Christians live. Well, God, thank you for the Holy Ghost. I'm not doing anything else till I get on the other side. And the intention is to go out and fight your lions and your bears and your wolves, to go out and learn to use that slingshot, to the rock, the stone, the rock cry. Learn how to use that. That whole process is what we're living in. It's called the supernatural. A six-foot kid, if he was six feet, knocks down a nine-foot giant. Tell me that ain't supernatural. That man was a warrior. This kid was a sheep herder. Tell me that ain't supernatural. And you know what God intends to do in your life? Take down giants in the supernatural. Take down giants in the supernatural. Look at verses 13 through 16. Hey, it's good to have happy kids. I didn't realize this is my grandson. It's good to have happy kids. If your kid wants to laugh and smile, that doesn't bother Pastor Don. I, just, let me say that. You know, some people are kind of get uh, yeah, tense. Why? Just remember, when the disciples said that about the kids, what did Jesus say? 
You know, I don't zip it. Just let them, let them enjoy my presence. Let them enjoy being in here. I'd rather them be happy in here than happy outside in the world. So, verses 6, 13 through 16. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus. We adjure you. So they find this dude that's got an evil spirit. And they're evil spirit casters in their little realm of supernatural. And they said, here's what we're going to do. See, we're going to show Paul we got what he has. We're gonna do, we can do what that guy can do. And so they, they did. Did you realize that those seven sons of Sceva did exactly what Paul did? In the name of Jesus. So they said, in the name of Jesus, whom this man Paul's preaching, come out. You ever had a devil talk to you? <laughs> now we're getting supernatural. You ever had a devil talk to you? Janet will tell you sometimes she has one at home that does. But I'm talking about a real devil, not a devil that talks to you. How about one that would berate you? How about one that would chastise you? Well, <clears throat> Jesus I know because he took care of us on the cross. And Paul I know, he's a supernatural dude. But you guys, you're living in the supernatural on the same side that I'm on. He recognized those seven sons of Sceva were on his side. They were on his side of the supernatural. So what did he do? Man, the dude jumped on them, beat them up. They ran out of the house. He tore all their clothes off of them. One guy against seven. Beat them all up. They ran out of the house. Can you imagine? Wouldn't that be embarrassing? I went over to somebody's neighborhood, cast out a devil, and the devil cast me out. And there I'm running down the neighborhood. What if I was running down your neighborhood with no clothes on, yelling, hey, the devil got me. You know, how embarrassing was that? Who's going to come to the church now? You understand what the Jews saw when all this happened? They, they saw what went down. They got the glimpse of, hey, man, something going on here that this guy Paul, what, this supernatural is different than our guys, those seven boys, those sons of There's Something's going on here. They recognized it. These people were black arts practicers. And what is that? They just practiced the de demonisms. Demonisms. Contacting. Listen, folks, this is big in America. You don't need to be contacting your dad that's passed away. You don't need to go to a seer, soothsayer. You don't need to go to these people and, and find, you know, I, I want to talk to those outside of the spirit world because you know who you're going to be talking to, right? It's not going to be mom or dad. They're gone. You know who you're going to be talking to? Yeah, Skiva's buddy. That's who you're going to be talking to. These seance business, you need, you know, we, we, sometimes we do things because we think it's funny. This story that we, we read here, it is kind of funny, isn't it? You know, they, they go up casting out the devils at Paul, they, you know, and he, they, they got torn up. That's kind of funny. But you know what? The Jews didn't think it was funny. They didn't think that was funny at all. When they saw it go down, they, they, they were, it shook them up. The, the Scripture says that fear came upon them. They realized, hey, Something's going on. Supernatural. You understand where we should be living. Not only should devils be afraid of you, but the performance of the supernatural in your life should cause people around you to have the respect for you. 
Not the fear. They, were, they had a respectful fear. They realized there's something more here than what I've got. And the people in our neighborhoods need to realize that us in the church, that it's not because we're special, but it's because we're special. We're children of God. We've got something they don't have, and they should want it. They should want it. Man, they, they collected all those little books and all their little chant book, you know, that's what they used. They would go to some place and they'd bring out this little chant book and they would chant the chants and they would say the words and get rid of this, you know. All they were doing is making lots of money. Sounds kind of familiar. 50,000 pieces of silver was what the, they burned those books in front of all the people. 50, let's just say it was $1 silver. Silver. They took 50, wouldn't you just donate them to a local library? I mean, Hey, we'll just let the kids, we'll hang, well, the kids can read these later. When they get older, can't read them now because they won't understand it. But no, you know what they, they burned them. They got rid of them. That's, that's the supernatural. What, what, we, what God takes us out of, we burn. What God took away, took out of your life, you burn it. Don't hold on to it. Don't come back to it. There's things in my life that I was doing, I burned it. It's over. I'm not doing it again. I can't do it again. It's burned. It's gone. It's over. That doesn't make me somebody better than everybody else. But I had to understand something. When I, when I fought, came into the supernatural of God, that, that other supernatural was, didn't have any. I burned it. How many of you have clothes that you had 25 years ago? Can I tell you something? They don't fit in today's lifestyle. Burn them. Go ahead and burn them. Oh, I think I'll give them to... Burn them because they're probably moth eaten. They're probably shredding. They're probably, well, I kept them in zip light. Just telling you what God takes out of your life, burn it. Burn it. Let me finish here. Verse 19 says, Many of them also which used curious arts, that's those, brought their books together, burned them before all men. They counted the price. 50,000 pieces of silver. Underline this next verse in your Bible. If you have to highlight it on your screen, whatever. Verse, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Do you understand what that means, what happened in Ephesus? God's word grew mightily in that city that was overrun by superstition and sorcery and idol worship. Paul just making a trip, just coming to a town. The town's turned upside down. Was it because Paul was special? No, it's because the Holy Ghost is special. God is special. That verse 20 is the punctuation of a supernatural life. God wants you and I to live supernaturally now. And the punctuation in your life and mine will be the same thing. So mightily grew the Word of God and prevailed. Man, wouldn't you love to have that in your life? Wouldn't that, man, am I, you know, I'm not going to have a tombstone. I'm getting taken care of another way. But if I had a tombstone, that's what I would like for it to be on my tombstone. I don't, none of you, when I pass, don't be putting a tombstone up because your arm coming back after you. I don't know how that works, but I, 
so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. What does it mean to prevail? Do you remember? Some of you were alive. Some of most of us weren't, but we've seen pictures. When World War II was over in New York, this guy had a newspaper, and he was holding it up, and they took a picture of it, and it had two words on it. We win. We win. You understand, when you operate in the supernatural and the power of the Holy Ghost, you win. And many of you are struggling right now as hard as you can to win because you're struggling in the natural instead of the supernatural. We've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. We've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. It's not to work in our natural, but it's to work in our supernatural. There was an older guy that would come to church. He would go to the altar, and he would cry out to God, Fill me again, Lord. Fill me again. And God would bless him and fill him again with the Holy Ghost. And so he would get blessed, and he would feel great and excited, but then he would fall back into the world. Then he would come back into the church. Fill me again, Lord. He'd be at the altar. Fill me again. And the Lord would fill him again, and he would be excited, but he would finally fall back into the world. So one time he comes to the altar, and he's at the same church, the one he's come to for years. Fill me again, Lord. Fill me again. And there was a little old grandma there that had been going to the church all this time that had gotten tired of this guy coming in and going out and coming in. Fill me again. And so this time, as he yells, fill me again, Lord, fill me again, she yelled out, don't do it, Lord. He leaks. And sometimes that's how we feel, don't we? That the Holy Ghost has leaked out. I've heard people use that term, praying for people. And that's not God's intention to leak out. God doesn't leak out. The Holy Ghost is as powerful in your life as it was years ago. It's how you live in it. There's a reason Paul said we walk in the Spirit, we live in the Spirit, all those things in the Spirit, because there's another side to that. You either walk in the Spirit or you don't walk in the Spirit. You either operate in the Spirit or you don't operate in the Spirit. You either live in the Spirit or you don't live in the Spirit. It doesn't mean the Spirit's gone. It doesn't mean the Spirit leaked out. It simply is your choice of how you want to live your life in the natural or the supernatural. Understand this. When you live naturally, you're just on the other side living in a supernatural world that's anti-God. If you're not living in the supernatural of God, you're living in the supernatural of this world and the God of this world. Just real quick, I'll end with this. You want to stay full of the Holy Ghost? The three P's, it's not Alex Trebek's price, price, and price. That's insurance he was selling. Price. Three P's. If you want to stay full of the Holy Ghost, stay prayed up. Just have an active prayer life. Just have an active prayer life. Prayer is conversation with God. It can be anywhere, anytime, any given moment. Doesn't matter. Have a, have a don't be satisfied with having a prayer life every Sunday. Every day, every day, just talk to God. If you're at work, just talk to God. If you're driving down the road, just talk to God. You don't have to close your eyes. Please don't drive down the freeway. You can talk to God driving down the freeway. Please don't close your eyes. Don't. Yeah, almost. See, God will protect me. Listen, I can't run across Interstate 20 at five o'clock in the afternoon and expect God to protect me. You understand that's foolishness. That's actually tempting God. God's not to be tempted. 
Use your wisdom. Pray when you have the opportunity. Stay, stay powered up. Prayed up, powered up. Be hungry and thirsty after His presence. Desire His presence in your life. Immerse yourself in God's Spirit here and at home. Don't, don't just get full of the Spirit here and not be full of the Spirit at home. Let me ask you all a question. You ever spoke in tongues at home? That ever happened to you before? It's happened to me several times, quite often. When I'm mowing, there's nothing like mowing a few acres. And, man, you're just, the Holy Ghost is just, all, you know, there's nothing like that. You know how much easier the, the mowing goes? Your life's that way. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, do you know how much easier your life goes? doesn't mean it won't be hard, but the hard will be easier for you because of the Holy Ghost. So be prayed up, be powered up. Jesus told his disciples, go back to Jerusalem, wait until you are endued with power, supernatural, anointed, and then be praised up. Don't forget to give him praise and worship every day. Every day. What did Jesus teach us to pray? Not how. They didn't say teach us how to pray. They said teach us to pray. A big difference. And Jesus said, well, when you pray, he didn't say this is the prayer to repeat. He said, but use this outline, this model. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The first thing you've got to do when you get up in the morning, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed. There's nothing wrong with waking up and, and saying, Jesus, man, you've got the greatest name that exists. There's no other name like your name. Boy, let me, let me challenge you to something. Set your alarm, whatever, and put a little note by your bedside. That when you get up in the morning, that's the first thing you're going to do. Jesus, your name is a name above all names. See what happens in your day. You're going to have some struggles and trials that day. devil don't like it. But what happens is the power of that name intercedes. He is forever interceding. That name intercedes. His name, when you speak it, does multitudes in the supernatural. In the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, they didn't come out of that, that. That devil didn't come out of that man because Paul preached it. He came out because the name of Jesus was spoken there. It's just that Paul was the one preaching the name. You don't have to be Paul. You can be you. Speak that name. Prayed up, powered up, praised up. I'm going to ask you to stand with me if you would. Did you realize that before Jesus came, before Jesus came, after the fall of Adam, before Jesus came, there was no life in the world? There was existence, but there was no life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I've come to give you life, and that more abundantly. There was no life. There was just simple existence. And for thousands of years, they existed in a supernatural world without any supernatural hope. Just a promise. They couldn't walk in that supernatural. They walked in a promise. They couldn't operate in the supernatural. They operated in a promise. 
That's the best they could do. But when Jesus came, and now that He's here, we can walk and operate. We can live, not in a promise, but in the supernatural. In the supernatural. The supernatural all around you. Supernatural all around you. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. There's the supernatural on the opposite side of God. It's there. You can't see it sometimes. It's there. There's the supernatural that operates in the Holy Ghost. You can't see it, but it's there. I think a lot of times we're, we're often afraid God might actually do what we ask Him to do. Would it freak you out to cast the devil out of somebody? Would it freak you out? What if it was like the exorcist? Some of you don't even. What if it was like that? Would it freak you out? What if it was like, you know, you can talk movie after movie. Because, man, we Hollywood has come up with some of the greatest visualizations of what devils are like. And, what they're, and ho, Hollywood ought to know. They, they ought to know what their buddies are like. But they're all given visualizations for, visualizations for one reason. Hollywood wants you to go to a movie and see a movie like The Exorcist to scare your pants off. They want to scare you to death. That, that's why they do it. It's to frighten you. That, that's, they, they know what fear does to people. But can you imagine what it's like for, to be on the side of God and to walk in the supernatural and for that fear to be afraid of you? You ever thought about walking into Hollywood with the Holy Ghost? You know that that, f that fear they produce is afraid of you. It recognizes you. Yeah, I know this Jesus who you're preaching. I know this Jesus who you're preaching. I like the story of the pigs. I'm not a pig guy, but I like the story of the pigs. Jesus, you showed up early. It's not time for us to be tormented. Why did you show up today? That was their words. They, they were deathly afraid. Jesus, we... We're not ready to go back to that awful, awful place. You see, the devils aren't having a party with Satan in hell. That's a Hollywood thing. The devils aren't loving it up with the devil in hell. They've all got their little fire suits on and all that. Do you know how much they hate hell? How much they hate that place? They would rather go live in the pigs. Don't send us back there. It's torment. They don't want to... Even those devils know the torment. Jesus said, okay, we consider pigs nasty anyway. So nasty, go into nasty. That's what he said. Nasty, devils, you're nasty. Go into nasty. And it's too bad that we as adults, we as people, as human beings, aren't as smart as pigs sometimes. Because the pigs are smart enough to run off a cliff and drown themselves. They didn't want any of that nasty in them. They just drowned themselves. A lot of times we'll just let it hang out with us. That's not the supernatural side God's asking you to live in today. There's a supernatural God wants to do for you in your life, personally. For you. Man, I, I kind of got away from that personal Savior thing because of the connotation that it came from. But now I'm more convinced, more than ever, He's got a personal thing happening for you.
He got something personal going down for you. He got something personal just for you that he wants you to do. There's a reason, you know, John and I were talking yesterday. Everything that God has created has purpose, right? Why in the world was Adolf Hitler allowed to live? Why didn't he die at birth? Why didn't somebody kill him when he was a kid? What possibly could, could be right about Adolf Hitler living? But part of the thing that him living caused the Jews to regroup as a nation eventually. So there are things we don't recognize in spirit. And I'm only using that as an extreme measure, an extreme example. There are things in spirit we don't see that we ask why. And we just need to ask God where. When? How? how, What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Operate in the Spirit. Operate in the Spirit. Some of us come from a background where operating in the Spirit didn't exist. That didn't happen. You were escorted out of the church. That, you know, if you raised a hand, you you better be asking to go to the restroom. It better not be worship, or you are out. If you spoke in another language, it better be something you just learned at school. It better be French or German or Spanish. It better not be something that we, you are out. Then some of us are from a background where, you know what, operating the Spirit was, okay, I'm going to jump several pews. I'm going to run down the back one. I'm going to cut three flips and then race all the way. I'm going to do all this. That was operating in the Spirit. Operating in the Spirit is simply just, Living the real life, supernatural. Are you tired of living a natural life? Pastor Don's kind of tired of fighting the natural fight. Because what I learned is, Paul said, don't be as one that beateth as beateth the air. You know what he's saying? You're throwing a blow and you're missing every time because what you're throwing your blow at is not even there. That's why you're beating the air. You're... It's not even in front of you. Don't be like that. Who's ready? Who wants the anointing? Because you already have it. But who wants to operate in anointing? And wouldn't you love to walk down your neighborhood street tomorrow just doing your daily walk? And somebody come by and say, you know, it's good to see you. I've been sick for quite a while and and you pray for them and they get healed right there. Oh, Pastor done it. That person now has a story to tell. That person now has a story to tell. And America's full of gossipers. <laughs> we tell our stories. Who's ready to operate? Operate in the Spirit. We'll open these altars this morning. If you want to, if you're ready, you're, I'm ready for the anointing. You have the anointing. What you're saying is, God, I'm ready to operate. I'm ready to operate. I, I want to see things happen in my life, my family's life, my neighbors, my, who I work with, where I go to school. I want to see that happen. This is our Ephesus. This is our Ephesus. We should be walking in an expectation in this city. We should expect that any definition that's going on has got to hit the road. Any soothsaying that's going on has got to hit the road. 
anything that's against the powers and the principles of God, it's got to go. I love it because Paul never argued. He stated his case with word. You don't have to argue with anybody. State your case with word. He just stated his case with word, took care of it, took care of it. Nothing more powerful than word. And that's the operation of the Spirit. When you have word ingrained in your spirit and the Holy Ghost begins to move, word begins to move. In the beginning was the the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Bible says the Holy Ghost is the Word in you. Christ in you. Jesus Christ is the Word. The Word's in you. You get the connection. Man, we've been walking around here with dynamite. And somebody lit a fuse, and we don't realize there's a fuse and dynamite's about to go off. It's about to go off. It's about to happen. That's what Pastor wants to do this morning. I want to light your fuse. Pardon the expression. I want to light your fuse. Dynamite's about to explode. God's about to explode here. This world's about to see something it's never seen before. Never seen before. I want to be operating in it, not outside watching it. Lord, once again, God, your people in your house today come to an altar of God. It's a place where we've worshiped, we've heard your word, and God, we now at an altar. We want to respond to what's happened in this place today. God, we've given you the glory and the honor that you are so worthy of. That's one of the most important things in our life is to recognize you. You're our God. It's not because of what you do or don't do, will or won't do. You're just our God. And so we recognize you first this this day is our God. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for letting us be your people, the people of the living God. So now, God, we want to walk after your spirit, walk in your spirit, live in your spirit, operate in the Holy Ghost today. And so I ask you to touch every person that's at this altar, Lord. Church, go ahead and start reaching out. I'm just praying. I'm just praying. Reach out to God. You don't need to listen to me. I'm, I'm in prayer. I'll stop praying over the mic. I'll, I'll just pray without the mic. You need to reach out to God right now. He, he wants you to operate like you've never operated before. In Jesus' name. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.